in today's show, we look at Thursday for fantasy basketball in the NBA, who we can stream in, including maybe a big bloke in New York, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LockedOn. That's PrizePix.com and the promo code is LockedOn. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to look at Thursday. There are, I think, seven games on. Yeah, seven games on. We'll take a look at those. We'll look at streaming options for the rest of week 16 as well. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. Lakers-Pacers, the first game of the day. Are we seeing a Buddy Heald showcase? Miles Turner showcase? Nah, we're not. We're just seeing a game. Um, at the moment... There is nobody out on either side here. Austin Reeves might be out. We don't have a full update on when he's returning. It should be about the right time for him to get back. Pat Beverly is questionable after missing the last game. But the big story, I guess, is in Indiana, where Tyrese Halliburton is going to return. Daniel Tice could also return as well. I don't think he plays. I bloody hope he doesn't play. No offense to you, Daniel, but I hope you don't play and further add confusion to the three-center backup rotation situation. But Halliburton's back. Now, does Halliburton play on Friday after playing Thursday? I highly doubt it. Coming back after a knee bone bruise and an elbow issue. I don't think he plays both of those games. So, this is controversial to say that, you know, yes, you should have dropped McConnell and all those guys because he had three days with zeros. i got no problem adding him now. I I, I would actually consider adding McConnell for Thursday, Friday. It's a back-to-back. It's three games in four nights. It's at least two games here where he's going to play maybe 18 minutes in one, but maybe 33 in the other. And for one ad as Obi leaves me, maybe 50 minutes of action, I think it's all right. And that's where you're know, trying to look, look at this stuff. Look, maybe Halliburton doesn't sit and you only get reserve McConnell minutes, but that still might be 40 minutes for one waiver ad. So while it probably was the right decision to drop him to get those extra three games worth in and his value is declining pretty clearly, with a back-to-back and three games in four nights, I don't mind re-adding TJ McConnell just for this little time period. Off topic. On the Lakers, I want to watch Rui Hachimura. He played a lot of minutes in the overtime game. He shot really well. I do not buy him as a 12-team category player. I just don't. Um, I've seen his game too often. He's worse RJ Barrett, he, who gets fewer supporting stats somehow. Like He's not a good category player. Points leagues, no worries. Watching his usage, which was actually really low last game, watching his peripheral stats is key. I also want to watch Troy Brown. Like, What do they do if Beverly is back? Does Beverly start? Does Brown start? Does Hachimura go to the bench and Brown and, and Beverly both start? I don't think that'll be the case, but they might because Brown and Beverly are both better defenders than Rui. So what they decide to do in the lineup will be really interesting. And Brown has deeper league appeal, obviously not 12-team appeal, but deeper league appeal. 
On the paces, well, I want to watch Christowate. Does he keep the starting job over Andrew Nempard? He started the last um, the last two games over Nempard. One game he played 14 minutes more. The next game he played two minutes less. So, you know, 33-minute Duarte is worth a 12-team look. 28-minute probably isn't. But, as with all of this, three games in four nights. So, if you wanted to add Duarte for three games in four nights, and he plays 25 minutes, one waiver add, 75 minutes. All that is really, really useful. And again, that's how we should be looking at things towards the end of the week when we've got this situation where we've got three games in four nights and we can make ads and we've got minimal waiver wire moves left for the week is trying to maximize the games played during that time can begin to pay benefits if you do it the right way. And there are... We'll talk about this. Actually, we'll talk about it later. We'll get to that later. Um, I also want to watch Isaiah Jackson. Is he the backup center? Will he be the backup center for the next three games? I don't know. Will they give him 16 minutes? In 16 minutes, he's a 16-team to 14-team league play. That's about it. But let's see, because he can be an excellent block stream. And again, if we knew he'd play 16 minutes, which of course we do not, if he played 16 minutes across three nights for one waiver, that would actually be useful. The Heat and the Knicks. Miami are one and a half point favorites in this game. And I just, I listed this because it's humorous, right? <laughs> The, the outs are Robinson, Robinson, and Robinson. Mitch Robinson's out with a thumb issue. Orlando Robinson's out with a thumb issue. Duncan Robinson's out with a finger issue. I, I, I can't make that shit up now. Jovic is also out. Yurtseven's out, but I didn't want to include them because I just wanted to say Robinson, Robinson, Robinson. Um, Victor Oladipo's question with an ankle. Gabe Vincent's question with an ankle. Does that mean they have to play Kyle Lowry more minutes? If those guys are out, then um, uh, Max Struess, the Winter Soldier, gets a big boost, and Lowry w- would surely have to play 30 minutes. They don't have any other point guard. He would have to play 30 minutes. And that would at least help him because Kyle Lowry has been really bad. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. And I am, I can't be convinced because I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure it's because his knee is rooted. So we're seeing minutes down, shooting down, confidence down, attacking down, free throw attempt rate down, everything's down. He's sort of just getting the ball, passing, and then sits the last quarter. And that is definitely trending towards a drop. I wouldn't, but it's trending towards it. It's really close. I'm not doing it just yet. I also watched Caleb Barton because he's been a top 100 player over the last week. I don't buy it for a second. He shot 85% last game. That boosted him way up. But what is his role? Because 34 minutes of Caleb Barton is a 12-team league guy. The three games prior, 27, 27, 11, and 27, that's actually four games. The four games prior did nothing. So 27 minutes a night of Caleb Martin, I'm not interested. 34, I am. With Orlando Robinson out, do we get more Caleb Martin? Like, who's the backup? Do they go back to Deadman? Do we get Highsmith playing at the backup center? Do we get Caleb Martin and playing small ball center? He's a bloody, he's a three, but maybe he plays at the five. A few questions to answer there. And probably the biggest question of the day is what the hell happens in New York? Because last game, we saw Isaiah Hartenstein play almost 40 minutes and Sims play 12. What does Captain Comover do, Tom Thibodeau? Does he go back to Sims and play him 30 minutes? The last time we had a minute split between Sims and Hartenstein, the next game, Sims played 32 and Hartenstein played 15. So I apologize if my confidence is not sky high for what Hartenstein is able to do in this game. As, as I have to always state this because my opinions often get misconstrued. I really like Hartenstein as a player. I'm very clearly in the camp that Hartenstein is a better player than Jericho Sims. And I am very clear if I had God powers... I would tell Tom Thibodeau, you must play Isaiah Hartenstein 30 minutes here with Mitchell Robinson out. That is what I would do. But I don't. Yet. 
So I can't sit here and say, well, this is the changing of the guard. This is Hartenstein moving into the starting role because it's not. It might be, but it's definitely not an indication that that is what's happening. It is one game, and we've already seen one game of this, and then it reverted back to the same nonsense. So we do want to watch Hartenstein, and again, there is absolutely no problem with adding Hartenstein because guess what? They play three games in four nights. And we talk about an ad. If he plays 20 minutes, average across three games, one ad, 60 minutes. It's a great ad. It's a fantastic ad. And he's a really good player, but he still also had only 11% usage last game. Better than Sims' 2% usage, but we don't look for big things. But he's worth grabbing. And then we work out what do we do with RJ Barrett because I did a waiver wire show earlier today. I was real close on the droppable list for category leagues to put RJ Barrett there because why? But then I, I, I pulled back on that. Even if I, I use my minus one rankings, which we have a basketball monster, where we take away a player's worst category to see what their value is. Even if you do that with Barrett, he still is 180th in my projections moving forward because he's got too many negatives. The 20 points per game is very hard to consider dropping. And if you did draft him or you do have RJ Barrett on your fantasy team, those 20 points are why you have him. And you understand that you're going to get bad field goals, bad free throws, no steals, no blocks, no threes, low rebounds, low assists. You know you're going to get bad numbers in all the other categories. So me telling you to drop him probably doesn't do anything because you need those 20 points per game. But if he starts getting 27 minutes a game and replaced by Emmanuel quickly, then he's not going to be a 12-team league guy because he won't average 20 points. And we want to see what they actually do in that situation. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. There's only one app that you need for your Super Bowl party, and that is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. So I've already talked about that the Eagles are one and a half point favorites. The money line sits at minus 124 on FanDuel for the Eagles. Um, Super Bowl MVP, Mahomes' favorite marginally overhurts. So realistically, when you're betting Super Bowl MVP, what are you doing? Like, which team do I think is going to win? And then I'll pick their quarterback. Interestingly, that Mahomes is listed as the favorite for Super Bowl MVP, but the Eagles are listed as favorite to win the game. Is there something you can do there with that? I don't know, but it is an interesting scenario, isn't it? That that's the way that things are being listed. Anyway, FanDuel Sportsbook is safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The Grizzlies and the Cavs, this is a back-to-back for Memphis. Um, we're expecting that Danny Green plays on Wednesday, so I'm expecting that Danny Green sits on Thursday. I'm also going to be... Look, if Desmond Bain plays on Wednesday with knee soreness, I think there's no way he plays on Thursday, but that is not confirmed. I don't even know if Des Bain's playing on Wednesday. Johnny Conchar is still dealing with concussion. What we do know is that Stephen Adams will be out and Dylan Windler will be out. So on the Cavs side of things, I want to see what the hell is going on with Kevin Love because he was a healthy scratch last game. They went with Dean Wade over him to see what Wade can provide. He played 21 minutes. Wade is now over 20 minutes for four consecutive games. Does that make him a must-roster player? I don't really think must-roster is the word there, but he's at least like he's at least in the mix to be a guy for deeper leagues we can take a look at. It is a really interesting 
um, change in that rotation they've made. So let's see if they're able to stick with it and if that's something that we can rely upon. Again, it's just for deeper leagues. And then we want to watch Dracaris Levert. Dracaris. Who, with the love absence out of the rotation, he's able to stick at high 20s in minutes. Now, much like RJ Barrett, you know the issues with Levert. You know the bad percentages are going to sink you. And when he doesn't have high usage or starting, then the counting stats don't actually make up for it. But in a points league, I get it. In a 14-team league, I get it as well. Let's see if he can ever do anything to change my opinion. He can't. But let's see what he's able to provide in this situation or how they run that bench rotation and if there's any way that can favor him. Hornets Bulls. The Bulls are six and a half point favorites here. We know that Kelly Oubre remains out. Javante Green is out. Lonzo Ball is out. And I'm going to guess that Cody Martin is out. He's listed questionable again after he came back, played three games, and has been questionable for eight consecutive games with his knee injury. And then they just rule him out. Let's see if he goes all doubtful here. Does he have another surgery? Who knows? This team's a disgusting team from everything that's not LaMelo Ball or their um, uniforms. That's the only thing that's good about this team. I want to watch Gordon Haywood because he's playing much better. Hasn't hit 30 minutes since he returned from his injury. 25, 24, 25, 26, 27. Can he get to 30? Are they keeping him deliberately low because of his hamstring or because they want to give Jalen McDaniels 25 minutes? I don't know. But Haywood's playing well enough to be a 12-team league guy. So grab him and let's see what happens with it. I also want to watch the cockroach, Mason Plumley, because his last few games have been a little bit down. There was a stretcher who was playing 33, 34 minutes a night, and I was going, what are you doing? Why are you increasing this guy's minutes as you're getting worse? But they've brought it back down, 28, 30. And that means that Mark Williams can play 18, 19, 20 minutes. Now, I'm still waiting for the random Big Dick Nick Richards game to come in where Williams is benched for literally no reason. So just always be aware of that. But if Plumlee's minutes hover around 30, he's still a must-roster guy, Mason. But I also think that if he is traded, his value is done. Like, he is not going to be a 12-team league guy if Plumlee is traded. So if I could get off him for any top 100 player, I reckon I would. On the bull side of things, I do want to watch Pat Williams because he's getting strong minutes. Is his production strong? No. His production is up and down, and he still probably does deserve a 12-team roster spot. And I also want to watch the rabbit hunter, Alex Caruso, because he racked up the big defensive numbers. But why he can't play more than 25 minutes a night and why his minutes have gone down is baffling to me. I don't think you need to give these minutes to Desumo. I, I don't really understand that. I don't understand keeping Caruso at 23 when he should play 26 or 27. But who am I to judge a team that just blew like a 20-point lead to the Clippers? We will see what they do with Caruso. His value is strictly at the moment in a steel streamer, which is useful for somebody, but not for everybody. But if he played 28, he would be for everybody. Pelicans Mavs. The next game is that one, but it might not happen. Because there is, I don't, I don't know, something happening at Dallas Airport where there's it's too cold and planes can't leave and planes can't arrive. That's why the Pistons and Wizards game got canceled today, postponed today. And there's a chance this one might not happen because the Pelicans can't fly into Dallas. I, I don't know what I don't know what happens in in Texas with whether their power gets shut off, their airports stop working. It doesn't seem to happen anywhere else. Only in Texas as they say. Christian Wood will be out. Maxi Kleber will be out. Zion will be out. Dyson Daniels will be out. Um. Zion looks like he's progressing pretty well and he's on track to return in like a week or so. So that's some good news that we got from him today, but obviously not playing here. On the Pelican side, I do want to watch Herbalife Jones. He was amazing against the Nuggets. He hasn't been amazing in basically any other game this season, but he was amazing. Scored well, had big steal numbers. I treat him more like Alex Caruso with higher minutes value, and that gives him fringe value, but far from looking at him as a must-roster guy rest of season, but he was really strong. And then Larry Nance. With Ingram back, Valanciunas, 22-19 minutes. That means more for Nance. So I thought a lot of the Nance stuff was the pairing with Zion, but maybe it's just pairing with another offensive guy like Ingram. And that is helping Larry Nance's value, who's been getting strong 20 
plus minute nights. And I think he'll probably, if he stays healthy, can probably push to 25 a night and he's probably worth a grab. On the Dallas side of things, Josh Green has been really impressive. For fantasy, not really. But for real life stuff, yes, he has been. And they're giving him big minutes. 32, 32, 38, 29 minutes. And he played 29 minutes last game with Luca back. Does he get 29 a night every night, even when Christian Wood returns? How do they value him? Do they play him more than Reggie Bullock? Do they play him more than Tim Hardaway? I don't know. It's going to be um, it's going to be something for us to watch for sure. Because is Josh Green going to be that player that they're leaning into more, more than Reggie Bullock, more than Tim Hardaway? Again, it is a question that needs um, a question that needs answering. We don't have those answers yet. Hopefully, we can get them soon. Is it anything for fantasy for Green? Not really. It's more of a it's more of a deeper league situation, and you know that. That can happen in, in deeper leagues, and maybe he could generate himself into a 12-team league guy. I just don't really think that that's likely. I also, with Christian Wood out, want to watch Dwight Powell because it's been hard to deal with him. 34, 36, 23, 27 minutes. It's hard to look at. Right, it is streamable on a day like this, especially for deeper leagues, but long-term, it's not there. We still can have a crack at him as a emergency steals, rebounds, field goals, guys, but be prepared for a letdown. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy, but not daily fantasy that you might remember. Not daily fantasy with salary caps, not daily fantasy against thousands of people. It's you one on one versus player projections. They might have Dwight Powell six and a half points, and you go, I'm feeling like it's a Dwight Powell day, so I'll go more than that. Or they might have Luka Doncic 40 and a half points, and you go, well, Probably yes, like he's good, right? Let's go more than that. You get between two to six of those individual player projections, put them into a lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your entry feedback. You can do that in under 60 seconds. You can do it in over 30 US states. You can do it in most most Canadian provinces as well. And you can do it for tons of sports. You can do it for the Super Bowl. You can do it for the NHL. You can do it with baseball when that starts back up. Women's college basketball, men's college basketball, European basketball, cricket, NASCAR, PGA, MMA, boxing, and, of course, disc golf. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Warriors Nuggets. This is back-to-back for Golden State. Um, so we're going to assume that Clay Thompson is out. Steph, Draymond, Wiggins, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but I'll assume that Clay is out. Iguodala is going to miss Wednesday's game. He came back, played two games, and said, no, nah, I'm good. And so he's out again. I don't think he's going to play here. And then Aaron Gordon has also appeared on the injury report for the Nuggets with, um, I think it's an ankle problem. Just double check that. Yeah, an ankle issue. He's listed as questionable. On the Warriors side, it is a back-to-back. We'll see more of that stuff. But DiVincenzo is going to be the really interesting guy to watch there. On the Nuggets, it is watching the Shark, Bruce Brown, who played 22 and 21 minutes the last two games. Now, that is the real problem with Brown, is that when this team is healthy, he's not 12-team rosterable. But they just haven't been healthy all season. So they've been Porter out or, or uh, Murray out or Jokic was out at times. And whenever someone's out, he gets minutes. So he is more of a play-slash-stash not an exclusive stash, but not a guaranteed play. But I want to see what they, how they use him. Because if Gordon is out, then we really fire up Bruce Brown. And if Gordon's in, he sort of sits in the back end level. 
It's very tough to judge. I also want to watch the five-minute man, Bones Highland. Does he play more than five minutes? Because that's what he played last game. Do they go to Christian Brown ahead of him? I know there are a lot of people really hyped about Bones getting traded because the same hype that they had for him in the preseason. They see things that go, well, Bones is going to get these huge minutes and he's going to completely break out. And obviously that hasn't happened this season. And I don't really see what team he goes to where he plays 27 minutes a night. I, I don't know where that would be. I will keep an eye on it, of course, and obviously be ready to pounce because I really like Bones as a player and as a good fantasy asset, but I'm not really seeing how that's going to play out this season. So let's see how they use him, how they use Christian Brown, who they played over Bones in the second half last game. The Clippers and the Bucks. Last game of the day, the Bucks are four-point favorites. Johnny Wall will be out, Bob Portis will be out. Marcus Morris dealing with that rib issue. He is... Well, we don't have an update at this point. I'm going to list him questionable for now, but he's missed four consecutive games with that rib issue. They started Luke Kennard in his place last game. It didn't go particularly well for Kennard. He had like 0 of 6 shooting and 0 points. And obviously, we're not looking at him in fantasy. But what we are watching is Norman Powell, who played 33 minutes after playing 16, 24, 21, the three prior. His minutes are unpredictable. He got hot. I think he had 21 points in a quarter and didn't do anything for the other three quarters. I don't really look at him as this guaranteed must-roster guy. I know that there is excitement about points being scored in big chunks, but it's too inconsistent for me to look at him as a guaranteed must roster. Should he be on a 12-team league roster, Norman Powell? Yeah, he should. Right, He probably should, but I don't look at that as an egregious mistake if you don't have him or if he sits on the waiver wire because your team's too stacked. I also want to see Luke Kennard, but more to see what they do with Kennard versus Mann versus Batum versus Covington because no, those guys can't have value if they're all playing. So how do they fit in? What do the minutes look like? Do they go back to Canard as a starter? On the Bucks, I want to watch Pat Connaughton, but more to see the Connaughton and Middleton situation. Does Middleton get the starting job back? He played 20 minutes last game. Can we get him to 23, 25? When do they make the switch? When does Middleton get pushed back to regular numbers? I don't think Connaughton's a 12-team league guy. I've been pretty clear on this. He is a stream option, though, when you have days like this. Low-volume Thursdays, but as a long-term guy, no thanks. In terms of back-to-backs, the um, Thursday, Friday, it's the Pacers and the Hornets. I talked already about that with the Pacers and that stream value of a TJ McConnell or Chris Duarte or even an Andrew Nempard in that situation. And the Hornets got the back-to-back. So your Jalen McDaniels, um, your Gordon Haywoods. If he, does why Haywood even play the back-to-back? I don't know. I don't know. Does Dennis Smith step up if Haywood is out? I don't know. Category Leagues, streaming for Thursday. I like DiVincenzo with the expectation that Clay is out. I like Quentin Grimes as a streamer. This briefcase and this haircut. I like Pat Williams. I like Timothy John McConnell, even though his minutes will be limited as a streamer. I like Jericho Sims and Isaiah Hartenstein, both as stream options. I like Larry Nance. I like Dwight Powell and I like Rui Hachimura. But as you'll notice from like Powell and Hachimura, they're not your typical 12-team league guys, but they are streamable on Thursday. For deeper leagues, these guys are available in 90% of formats. Caleb Martin, Joshy Green, Aaron Neesmith, who's starting but doing nothing. Um, Terrence Mann, Joe Ingles, Nico Batum, Iota Sumu, Ricky Rubio, really good streamer for deeper leagues. He's available everywhere. He's a great streamer for those assist numbers. In points leagues, these guys are available in all 40, in 40% plus of leagues. DiVincenzo, quickly, Hachimura. Um, you see Hachimura a lot higher up the list in points leagues. Timmy Hardaway, Quentin Grimes, um, Patty Williams, Dylan Brooks, and Timothy John McConnell can be good points league streams for Thursday. If you look at the next four days, there are a bunch of teams that have three games in the next four nights. They are the Hornets. They are the Nuggets. They are the Pelicans, the Pacers, and the Knicks. So if you're adding McConnell or Duarte or Hartenstein or Sims or Grimes or Quickly or Murphy or Jones or Najee Marshall or Larry Nance or Bruce Brown 
or probably not Bones Highland, or Jalen McDaniels, or Mark Williams. Three games in four nights. Remember what we talked about last week with Isaac Okoro. One waiver ad, three games, 75 minutes with one eight waiver ad is a huge, huge W. And when you compare that with the five teams, five, five teams that play one game in the next three nights, the Thunder, the Jazz. If you're holding Colin Sexton, one game of Colin Sexton versus three games of the other guys, don't worry about it. Those other guys in three games clearly get better than him. If for the Nets, you got Joe Harris, you got Seth Curry, you'd consider dropping him with only one game. You got the Celtics with one game. Is Derek White worth even worth holding? I'm not sure. Rob Williams is. He is worth holding. Um, you got the Spurs with one game. So, like, if for some reason you're dealing with Romeo Langford. Like, I'd still hold Zach Collins and I'd hold Sohan. And I'd hold Trey Jones, so maybe there's not that many options there. But Josh Richardson, one game, who cares? Stream in the worst players that play three games in four nights. You will get benefited from it. And in all of that, the next four days, they're all low volume days, remember? There's only two guys that I really like who I think are top 100 per game over the next four days. And that's Kyle Anderson and Jalen Williams. So they should be added irrespective of schedule. Then I've got a bunch of guys, and I've just ran through these names already, but I'll do it again here, that have three games in the next four nights that are really strong ads. Jericho Sims and Isaiah Hartenstein, we don't know how the minutes go, but both of those guys are going to be, you know, I've got Sims' name there, but it's just a placeholder name for whichever one of those you believe in. I don't even know which one I believe, to be honest. Trey Murphy, actually, you can add both of them because the three games works. Trey Murphy with three games, Quentin Grimes with three games, Emmanuel Quickly with three games, Larry Nance and Mark Williams. A ton of value back-ended this week. Three games in four nights, one waiver move, maybe 75 minutes, maybe 90 minutes with one waiver move. That is a W move to boost onto your team's performance this week. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, I think you know what to do. I want your thumb straight up. Just not to the side, not down, up. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.